0: Hello, welcome to the Extra Premier League football podcast with myself, Glody, and for the second week running, and I'm assuming every single week from now on, I am joined by Alex Best. Hello, Alex.
1: Hi, Glody. How are we doing this week?
0: I am okay this week. Not the best results in terms of football, definitely not the best results to terms of FPL. I mean, shocking week, to be fair. Bruno got me zero. And I captained him, so it was great. But what about
1: you? How are you doing? <laughs> yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm just going to imagine that absolutely no football happened from an Arsenal awesome perspective. And also <laughs> on FPL, I believe I didn't do so well as, as well. I don't think I've got got that much points. I think, um, is it Tismarcus? I can never pronounce that guy's name. I think he's probably my highest scorer this week. But, yeah, it's fine. It's only game week two. because I have another 36, I'll be all right.
0: Yeah, it's so true. And I think you don't pronounce the as name. I think it's Simakas. So I think you don't pronounce Simarcus
1: a T. or something Simarcus,
0: like that. Simakas, yeah. I'm not, I'm not too sure. I might ask Google later. But to, but ignore that because we are going to talk about a lot of things there. We watched a lot of football this weekend. Do you know when you watch a bit too much football and you're kind of footballed out? That was me this weekend. <laughs> I watched a bit too much football. But we're going to talk about Liverpool-Burnley, um, a bit of Brighton versus Watford. Uh, for some reason, I watched Palace versus Brentford. We're going to talk about that. Alex, you watched Wolves-Spurs, which looks like a very dull game from the outside. But then you also watched Arsenal-Chelsea, which I can't wait to hear about that because I actually switched off. I didn't watch the second half because I saw 2-0 and I was like, this is over. They're just going to game manage. <laughs> so i actually very, very intrigued. To um, hear about that, and I can't wait to hear your talking points because two weeks in a row, zero so points for Arsenal, not not the best.
1: Yeah, no, not 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 the best, but it is what it is, right? Hey, Arsenal, uh, Arsenal, are Arsenal, and at least I got my prediction right, as you saw in the group t- chat. I said Lukaku will score. I said it'll be two 0 and hey, look. Maybe I should start a betting pod. Yeah, we'll may, maybe,
0: maybe, maybe. <laughs> Alex Betting Tips. Start bringing some money. <laughs> Best Betting Tips. There it is. Best Betting Tips. We've It's done. That's the name.
1: There we go. Oh, Easy. We've, we've got it. <laughs> Copyrighted. Lightwork. See? Don't need marketing around
0: here. <laughs> we, we, there's, a new, there's clearly a, a, a gap in the market that we have now found. But um, should I talk to you about Liverpool versus Burnley?
1: Yes, yes, yes. Let's let's get into it. Um yeah, Liverpool Burnley. Uh Seems pretty straightforward for Liverpool from from what I saw. Um I'm wondering more about Burnley as a as a first instance because I mean Liverpool, we all know Liverpool. They're going to be challenging for the title. They've got a few different players back. And yeah, we they're, they're sort of a common team now, but yeah, I want to know more about the wonderful wonderful word of Burnley. So, yeah, tell me a bit about how they play in terms of how they go forward, how they are defensively. Yeah, just just shed some light on that. I'm intrigued.
0: Burnley Football Club, what a football club. I love I love everything about Burnley. I love the formation, I love the manager, the 4-4-2. Just just English football, <laughs> Do you know, that sounds really weird, but it's just, just, <laughs> just, just, really like bog standard. There's four men, four men, two up front. Spanks, that's all it is, and it's just great. But um, going forward, they didn't, didn't offer much. They offer a lot of long balls over the top. Um, that's how they kind of play. They play through Dwight McNeil a lot, who's a talented, talented footballer and still quite young as well. So that's how they played, and they got a few chances there. Kind of the final ball was very, very poor. Didn't have the best best XG of actually zero point seven. So when he did get the chances, it was uh, it was kind of wayward chances. But what I love about Burnley is how they defend. is is the four four two. is is the two banks of four and the two up front. So what they do is they don't press (laughs) a lot. They only press when the ball is like around their around their box so they press very late so they let you have it in your defensive third they let you have it in the midfield third but the minute it gets to their, to your attacking third they're there they're on you and they funnel you inside so they, try, they, they 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 defend with width and they funnel you inside so your shots are either in front of Ben Mee, Tarkovsky or at Nick Pope and it kind of funnels it straight down which is seen by the stats because they had the um they were top four for blocks in the Prem last season with six hundred and fifty nine blocks from shots, which is a crazy oh, move. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah, it is. So like if you had a shot, Tarkovsky or Ben Mee were blocking it. But because of this, this is this is how Liverpool got their actual their first goal. And this is kind of weird because you see how Liverpool got their first goal. Burnley tried to react and then Liverpool got their second goal because of Burnley's reaction, which was kind of strange. But I'll talk about it quickly. So what happened was, um, Liverpool had the ball. It was played out to Simakas. Are we going to go with Simicass? Do you think Simicass is the right name?
1: Yeah, we'll go with us. <laughs>
0: We're going to go with Simicass. So we played the ball out to Simikas. Um There's no pressure on him. He has time, he has time. And it's whipped in. And there is Jota. Two goals in two games. Nods at home. But... The key thing there is a there's no pressure on him, and B Tarkovsky goes mad. He goes mental, and I know you're centre back by trade, Alex. So I know for a fact, um, if if you thought there was an issue with your right back or left back, not pressing across that led to a goal. It, it, you go mad. You go, what's going on? Pressure the cross, pressure the man. You had time to pick it out. And I know from my footballing days, being a right back, is if my centre back went mad at me, I would make sure I wouldn't make the same mistake twice. <laughs> so, knowing that, we can move on to, the, to Liverpool's second goal, which. Was kind of remember what I said about pressing. It's not like how Leeds press or how Southampton press, where it's like high press up the field, make you play the long ball. They they, they happily let you have it in your half in the midfield. But the minute it gets close, then they'll press you. So what happens is they have Van Dyke Liverpool. He just has it in in his own half, no pressure at all from the front two. They've kind of sat back and sat deep in this low block. They're all set up, but he plays it. Honestly, it's a great ball. We haven't seen it. Go look at Van Dyke's ball to um to Elliot. He plays on the top to Elliot, and that just removes the midfield from the equation. So now you've got a now you've kind of got like a four on four situation. But what happens is um, Taylor he kind of like reminisces, like kind of like gets a flashback to Tarkovsky going mad at Lautin for not blocking out the cross. So he he's he pushes. He goes straight to Elliot, which means Ben Me has to now cover. There's now a gap that um, Taylor's left. So Ben Mee now covers the gap because is still there, by the way. Number 11, he's still there. So Ben Mee comes across and blocks off the gap, which now leaves space for Tarkovsky between Ben Mee and Tarkovsky. So Tarkovsky now has to come across and now cover the gap. And then we'll leave Loughton for a second because I'll get back to him in in a sec. So what happens is it plays out to um, Elliot, who then now has the ball. Taylor pressures him, backs off a bit, and then he goes which now leaves the gap, Ben Me fills it, and then Trent underlaps beautifully, actually, a really good underlap, which now he has no hard time or space. Now, Ben Mee sees this, he sees this, and he's like, I can't, I can't move. So Tarkovsky goes, cool, I'm now going to pressure Trent, because Trent's now the biggest threat. It's, it's at the edge of their box, this is what they do, they wait until it's there, and they pressure it then. So it's at the edge of the box, Tarkovsky goes, sees it, he pressures, and guess who they forgot about? Number 10, Sadio Mane. Because Loughton hasn't shuffled across quick enough. There's now a gap, a massive gap, between Tarkovsky and Loughton, which now leaves Mane just free as a bird. Honestly, he was so free. And it's played through brilliantly by Trent, who finds Mane, who finds the back of the net. And it's kind of a, um, not a yin and yang, but it's more of a reaction. They they make a mistake from not pressing enough, and then they overpress. And then it leads to another goal. The shuffle across from Taylor, which left to Elliot, which then left a the gap. So Ben Mee had to fill it because Salah was free, which then left another gap. So Tarkovsky had to come across. But because it's happened so quickly and Louton's worried about Mane, I guess I had time to come across. And then Mane just slotted through, found the back of the net and it was a great goal. And I feel, I feel for Burnley because I don't want them to go down and Burnley don't go down, but they could go down they could actually go down. And I don't really want to see Sean Dyche in a Prem because I like him. He's quite banter.
1: <laughs> yeah, he, he, he most definitely is. And I, I actually got a chance to see both of the goals. And with the second goal, I I kind of thought it was uh, the, the, the defender's fault where he's gone to follow Mane because if he decides to sort of take a step forward... Marnie's going to be offside, and where Trent had to play the ball from, that was sort of he was operating in, in let's say, like a half space maybe, because he wasn't in the centre of the pitch, right? No. And the way that that cross has come in, the way that that cross has come in, Marnie's had to do a world class finish in order for him to score. Um, so I don't know what, what Burnley really could have, have, could have done differently there. I think it's right for them to press, they need to press at those times, but. Sometimes when you've got players like Trent who can play deliveries like that, there's not really too much you can do. And I guess that's why Liverpool are gonna be challenging for the title and Burnley will be struggling in relegation, because really they've they've never made any signings that have that ability. Yes, you've got McNeil, part of the youth setup, fantastic player. They've got two very good centre halves. Towering will get you maybe seven goals between the pair of them for a season. But they just don't have that type of technical player who can pick up the ball and do something amazing with it in terms of playing a pass in between the lines or putting in a really well worked cross. It's They're just like an industrial team. I mean, I don't want Burnley to go down because they just remind me of like a 2004 sort of old school 4-4-2 team that's really going to give you a tough game. But... I don't know. I think the system that they've got, there's not a lot of players in the world that can just easily slot in there. So yeah, I might, I might agree with you potentially that they're on the list of teams to go down. But yeah, we, we will have to see. We'd have to see. I see Harley, Harvey Elliott, Elliott started. Um, I'm wondering, I'm wondering how his debut went from your, from, from your thoughts.
0: When you're surrounded by so many stars, it's difficult to stand out. It's, it's hard to like be that guy. And I think, hmm, um, you can't give an opinion on him because you're like in another game where he has got, when he has more space with the ball, when he has more, um, more, more pace, the, the, the game has a bit more zip to it. It isn't broken down. It isn't very difficult to find, to play balls. It's more, it's, it's more open of a game. Um, he's going to be great. He's going to be great. But the game like this, it was kind of, hmm, you're Okay. But I know there's more to you, so I don't want to make a judgment just yet. He did play. He did place a uh, a misplaced pass that was kind of um, not very good by him, which was kind of not not ideal to that side. That would have like put Sally through and would have scored. But um, yeah, he was he was okay. And also, I don't like the number sixty-seven. I don't like players that have stupid numbers on their kits, like like ninety-nine or like eighty-six. Like <laughs> one to twelve <laughs> and that's all I want. <laughs> and I just rotate them. No, but like I think like once it gets past thirty five, yeah, you're, you're you're pushing it mate. You're I don't like the number. I, I'm not a fan of the number. So sixty seven, um don't like it.
1: <laughs> well well it's funny that you say that because Burnley um was the first team I think since the 90s to actually have their starting 11 with numbers one through to 11
0: you see and i'm looking at it right now there you go and it's di- and, and they have it Facts now of the day. and they have it now and it's just it's great it's great and, and it's just nice numbers what number 67 i mean I, I, there's, there's going to be like a sad story behind it don't you think it's going to be like uh, i i am um, i had a 67th cat it was my favorite cat And he ran away from home. Sixty (laughs) seven He ran away from home. Oh dearie me. And um
1: Daring me.
0: (laughs) And that's why I wrecked the number sixty seven. But um no, no. I mean Trent barely gets a pass of sixty-six, but yeah, no. As a player, I like him. As a picker of what number to have in the back of your shirt, I don't like him. (laughs) So that's not take if you take anything away from the game, that's it.
1: So was it was there anything else that you wanted to highlight um from this game?
0: No, it was kind of box standard. Um it was, it, it was a it was a very it's it's Liverpool's first home game in in front of in front of fans. Um the fans were up for it. It was there's there's something I don't know. I'm not convinced by Liverpool just yet. Do you remember Liverpool for last season? They were, they, were, they were convincing, they were rolling to, I mean, Burnley beat them last season, but like, there was like an aura about them, there was a threat. And I don't know if it's because they haven't made the signing, you know, the, the marquee sign that brings something else to the team, or if Klopp was like, mm. I'm fine with it, I just have all these young players, Um, I have people to fill it, kind of thing. On um, Virgil van Dijk's back, he was the only reason we didn't win the Prem. Um, kind of like, it's just a bit like, mm, pff. yeah, no, no, I'm not too sure about Liverpool have to wait and see. I have to wait until they play someone that isn't going to be in a relegation scrap. Do you know what I mean? They played Norwich last week, played Burnley this um, this week. I think next week they might be playing Chelsea, if I'm honest. So that's going to be interesting. I think that'll be the telltale, how they play against Chelsea.
1: Mm. Mm. Yeah, I'd definitely be keeping an eye on that one. Top four battle slash run for the league is looking pretty tasty. might be the first time in a while where we actually get... Four horses instead of it being just maybe one or two. So yeah, definitely, definitely something to to watch out for next week.
0: Yeah, no, one hundred percent. Um, and oh no, Chelsea are going to move the league. I'm so to like burst your bubble and and like um we might no Chelsea are going to move the league. It's just it's just how it's going to be. But enough about that in the table. Let's talk about maybe mid table, low end of the table. I didn't. I did watch this game, but not as well as you did. Um, Brighton Watford, Brighton two. Watford, now, if I'm not wrong. Alex, please tell me about Brighton. Please tell me about Brighton and that right-hand side because you saw something that I didn't.
1: Yeah, so I was really intrigued by how much impotence they put on this right-hand side versus Watford. So they had Pascal Grosch and Trossard working on that side and it was just... Um, the effectiveness and how they were dominating and whether that was on the ball or off the ball or if they were setting pressing traps Um, and what I mean by pressing traps is where when they're building up the ball and it's first phase and it might be around Webster or it might have been out wide um, with Grosh what they're doing is they're sort of taking their time they're not a team that like to progress the ball at a high tempo quite quickly. They're quite happy to operate with it between the back of the line and the two midfielders and their two wingbacks. But what Trossard does, which I think is extremely clever, is that when they get to a position where they've got, maybe it's Webster on the ball or Gross on the ball and they're far out wide, and everyone will see it all of the time, where it's sort of man for man. Everybody's picked up and they're sort of in a position where you're thinking oh okay you're now gonna try and knock it long into Mope or you're gonna try and maybe switch the play or do something which is a little bit more dynamic and longer in order for them to keep possession but what they do is Trossard sort of does a switch with Pascal so Trossard all of a sudden will turn runs to come short as short as possible as he can to Webster and then Pascal grows just literally rolls whoever's marking him runs straight down the line and Webster plays a ball down the channel and all of a sudden there's this whole sort of difficulty that Watford have had to deal with and yeah they were absolutely peppering them on that right hand side I was really impressed by the way that they set up and yeah they really they really did deserve the 2-0 just 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 off the basis of that I don't think Watford could could really deal with it on on that side of the pitch for them
0: no that's that's great yeah yeah I kind of when watching the game I was like they really do love that right hand side but I couldn't I actually couldn't see why I was like what's so special about this right hand but Pascoe Gross is mid by trade right winger hmm yeah, that's that's cool I like that I, I'm a fan about that as well but um I don't know if you guys remember but at the end of last episode I said look at corners because people set up for corners and how team defend corners are very different and it's actually really intriguing and Alex, thank you because you are about to talk about writing at corners. <laughs> Please tell me and tell the people listening at home what you saw because this is this is like my dream. Yeah, so through. someone talking about corners.
1: Duffy's movement is outstanding for corners. You can tell it's someone who's been in the business for quite a long period of time and has got quite a lot of experience when going up for corners because just some of the little things that he's doing, which is not just movement. It might just be like a little touch on the defender to get extra yard was, was just outstanding. And it seems like Brighton worked very hard at corners, even the way that they're set up, right. They've got three at the back. And if you're looking at, you've got Lewis Dunk, um, you've got Duffy, you've got Webster as well at the back. They're big, big guys all coming up for these corners. And they have a, Few different set pieces that they tried within the game and it was causing Watford quite a lot of problems. Uh, going back to the goal and Duffy's movement, I just like the way that he checked his run just at the right moment to sort of say, I need to check back to make sure that I can win this header. And just the ability to be able to put it on target was, I thought, was outstanding. Um, so that's definitely something to, to watch out when your team is going to be playing Brighton because you don't really want to be comp- Mitten that much set pieces. It's not. It's probably their strong suit, and I say they're probably one of the strongest in the league. And um, so you you really want to keep the ball in play. I mean, if if we look at their sort of xG from open play, that's it's zero point four. That's relatively high, uh, considering. Well, Watford didn't have anything at all, and if we go through some of the other games this week, most of them are less than 0.2 Um. So yeah, it's. It's definitely something to be looking at.
0: No, that's great, yeah. Um Brighton have always been a really tall, tall, tall team, aren't they? Like Lewis Dunk, Shane Duffy, tall team and they've got people that can whip it in. because um Lolana, Pascal Grass, and Morpe. Really, really, really good players. Um, there's a few things we can talk about Brighton here. Um we can talk about the second coming of Basoma. He was he was great. But I'm gonna just leave Brighton and hop over down to Watford. And what went wrong? We saw the Watford against Aston Villa, who were exciting, of course, from the home fans. Maybe, maybe that was it. But watching them here, there was a bit of. There was. They were lacking. They had no teeth. It was all. It was all gums. They. Someone forgot to put their dentures in. That's. That's why I thought there was just no bite to them. <laughs> what went on there?
1: Yeah, the balloon I guess burst, and it only took the second game week for that to happen. They were really outplayed in this game. I mean, statistic wise, in almost every single column, sorry, Um, they were just done, they really didn't create that well in this game, and I think credit to Brighton, they done really well to stop Saar, Ismail Asar, because he's their main threat, Um, but they've got a bunch of problems, first of all, that midfield freeds they are not Prem standard. Um, standard. The second goal, cleverly, was that a mistake? Wasn't? Didn't receive the ball on the half turn. Didn't check his shoulder, and Bazuma just gobbled him up. And it was—it was quite an easy finish at, at the end of it. And Atibo as well. I don't know who this guy is. Awful, and I'm, I'm not even sure if he's championship st- standard because when you're playing in this role in a four-one-four-one, where you're the anchor man. You're connecting the defense with the midfield and anything that's going to be happening in the final third. You need to be have your head on the swivel. You need to be moving around, be quite energetic. You need to be winning a lot of challenges in there. And he just wasn't he just wasn't up to standards. I mean, he lost half of his duels that game and the passing percentage was really not that high at all. Just a really, really poor performance. And I'm hoping that he can prove me wrong. In other games, Um, but then also just going back to the wingers, they they just didn't. It was just tough for them. I think Watford clearly wanted to work on the counter and and exploit the pace that they have because I mean, if you look at the back three at Brighton, they're basically all turning like milk. (laughs) They just they just couldn't do that. They just seems like they couldn't progress the ball into those types of positions. And to make matters worse, Dennis, who was playing up top, just wasn't a pivotal target man and yeah the manager set them up let's just set them up very poorly i think this is more on him than it is on the players because i understand they won their first game and he basically went with the same as last week but you've, you've got to be tactical in these games and you've got to uh, really focus on these types of games against teams that potentially can go down and know exactly how you need to set up in order to win the game so yeah i put a little one in the column for Watford in terms of bad performances and let's hope that that column doesn't get too big by the end of the season.
0: Is there anyone else you want to give a shout out to? Anyone else you want to talk about in this game that we might have missed or anyone you're like, hmm, maybe you should play more because I like you.
1: Yeah, so common name to everyone, Josh King came on has had a bit of a run out but was lively as soon as he came on and was exactly what they needed to have in, in this game. They needed someone who was going to give Duffy well well some type of problem because he had his deck chair out for most of the game, so I'm hoping that he's gonna start more and that he's gonna be given the opportunity to really bring some goals to this team. I reckon he can maybe get six or seven this season if they actually play him throughout um so yeah, definitely someone to watch the former united boy. you probably would have expected us to absolutely gobble all over Basuma's performance, but we thought we'd step away from that so. Clearly, Basuma, man of the match, outstanding. Definitely someone to keep watching. And yeah, I'm trying to see if I can come up with a summary in the long term about what team he will suit the best in the top four. Because I know offline um, between me and Glody, we were discussing how he would fit in at United and how he could be sort of that second holding midfielder. It was an okay game to watch. Definitely watch more of Brighton.
0: Yeah, no, Brighton are good. Basuma's great. Get him in. Get him in the club. Um, Yeah, I don't want to talk about Fred. Um, But we're not here to talk about United because, yeah, that was a terrible, terrible game. Um, No, Brighton look good. Brighton always look good. You know, XG Kings. The King of Kings. The Kings of XG. And they always look good. So, I'm excited to see a bit more of Brighton. And to sum up Watford, when you're playing Kafka at right back, you've got a problem. And that's what I'm going to (laughs) say. (laughs) so that's what I'm gonna move move on I did watch one game and I watched the uh, nil-nil that is Palace versus Brentford I'm wondering Alex did you watch it
1: no I didn't but really disappointed to hear that this was a game where it was a stalemate and nobody scored um big hype around Ivan Tony when he came up and it's Vieira's Palace as well so as an Arsenal fan you're wanting him to do well but yeah it seems like it was a It's a boring display. Seems like I didn't miss out on much. Seems like I made the right decision to go and play football at this time. I'm going to see what your sort of initial thoughts are. And then we can go into some finer details that are going to be a little bit more eye-catching. Or I say eye-catching, nobody's watching this. (laughs) A little bit more interesting
0: for everyone. Yeah, I, I butchered it. I'm not going to lie to you, mate. Um, I, I thought it would be, like, kind of like, you know, like, that cool big brain, like, I really know football and I'm going to watch Palace versus Brentford. That's going to really sneak under the radar. It's going to be a really good game. And it just... it It was a good game if you want to see crunching tackles in the centre mid. Except for that, there was nothing else going on. It was... It was... Honestly, it was... It was a boring game. It was, a, it. was yeah, and I watched all of it. And I was really hoping for it and for something to, like, happen or something nice to happen. And, like, it was just, it just wasn't wasn't the game. Um, but Brentford looked okay. I think Tony looked good. Brentford take their time with um, set pieces, which uh, interests me. I think you're to see a pattern with me and set pieces. They, like, really take their time. Like honestly, like maybe fifteen seconds from the referee blowing the whistle to them actually taking the set piece, that's how long they they take. Which I kind of what do you think? Is that like a Is that like to psych him out? <laughs> what do you think? Why would you take that long to, to to kick a ball? Is it is it like is it to psych out the defenders not knowing where the run's gonna be made? Maybe catch them out. Any opinion?
1: Yeah, I mean. If you're a coach and you're coaching your team on set pieces, you never want your team to rush them, especially if they've been planned. Um, when it comes to any sort of dead ball situation, it's always good to take your time. The clock is already stopped um, and you're in possession. So yeah, just, just relax and make sure that you can get a good delivery. And so not not anything that's like crazy different or crazy uh, in, in the sense of, oh, okay, why are they taking 50 seconds? I think it's just a matter of they've clearly worked on set pieces this week and they want to be as effective as possible.
0: Um, now you've said that to me, I agree with you. But for the entertainment and controversy' sake, I'm going to say I disagree with you. I don't like it. Get it out the prem. <laughs> 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 I want it instant. I want it instant. Referee blows a whistle. The ball's whipped in. But I do want to talk about um, a quick shout out to my man um, Connor Gallagher, Connor Gallagher, CG as I call him, or gal, depending. He is a great, great player. I don't know if you um, watched him up West Brom last season, but I didn't. <laughs> I didn't watch much of West Brom. But did you? Did you see anything of him?
1: Yeah, he's. My analysis of him is he's a bottom half prem player or he'll play for a team that is gonna be challenging for the playoffs in terms of standards. He gets around quite a lot, he's quite busy, he's quite industrial as a midfielder, um and yeah I think I think he's, he's signed with Chelsea at the moment. He's gone on his secondary loan. Will he come back into that Chelsea side? Probably not. Thinking Chelsea are uh, going to cash in on him, maybe on his next contract that they give him. Because I think there's a, there's a 10 or 15 mil deal that can be done to maybe a top half side or a team that's just coming up into the Prem. But yeah I think he potentially he might be able to do better than what I've said but I mean I've not watched him this season so i would be keen to know what your thoughts are
0: yeah no um he's he's quite good he is actually quite good um he was playing in a free Kyoto and McArthur were the other two um Kyoto played centre back and then they moved him to um centre mid and he looked lost at some points didn't know what was going on it was like <laughs> I don't know if you've ever done this but if you've ever played a football match a bit hungover and still a bit drunk, and everything everything's a bit too fast. And you're like, Well, I need to like compose myself because everything's like going just a, a bit too fast. <laughs> and you're like, Well, what's going on? Yeah, that's how that's how it kind of felt for him. I was watching, him. I was like, Oh, mccarthur was good, he, he was really good at cutting out the passing lanes. I'm really impressed by that. But Conor Gallagher, what a man! What a man! He had a great game. He was on that right hand side, he played box to box. Um, which is it's kind of it says it says it was on tin. You run from one box to the other box. You run from one box to the other box. You're kind of everywhere. And he was, and he was like um, a mud on a pig. He was everywhere. He was literally everywhere. He, he he was making challenges. He was he was getting shots away, and he was just impressive with his late ones into the box. Like even with his t- tackling was impressive. He brought a lot going forward, but he also played defensively. But what was great is with um what he brought going forward, and then what was even better defensively. But let's start on with attacking breaking news Brentford play three at the back so when Brentford play three at the back Palace play three forwards so Zaha Benteke sent and the three centre-backs they're occupied by Zaha Benteke Schlipp and what that means it means Rico Henry has to cover any runs made by Joel Ward or any runs made by Conor Gallagher. Now, I don't know if you've seen Joel Ward, but he's not the most agile person, so he's not making those runs. But Conor Gallagher is.
1: <laughs> but
0: Rico, you, you've been you're, you're told as that left winger to watch the wing. You're told to watch the wing and don't let don't let anything go over your left shoulder. But Conor wasn't doing them once. He was doing un, he was underlapping, so he was going inside. So the underlap is when you. Go underneath the overlaps when you go over. So he was underlapping um, behind to get to make those late runs and if and obviously they're occupied by Zaha. He he can run in, exploit the space between the two centre backs of Pinnock and Jansen. and he got a shot away. It was a great shot, hit the post and crossbar, and then it was cleared. But that was like really impressive, and he just kept on doing that and popping up and like playing a high press but knowing when not to press was really intrigued so i do what i did best and i was like let's now focus on conor gallagher because the game had nothing else going on for them (laughs) I've, <laughs> anything in the centre-mid, Alex, was getting met by a two-foot challenge. It was it was chaotic. <laughs> it was it was like, it was chaotic. Like the the commentators were like, yeah, good old-fashioned football. And I was like, it's just clattering. People are just getting clattered. And it was just anything in that centre-mid. So that's why it kind of, that's why maybe the game was nil-nil and maybe why they took so long on free kicks, like you said, because they got so many and th- this was probably their best way to score. They... Brentford were like, oh, maybe this is, we should take our time because we're clearly not getting any time on the ball. So it kind of just broke up the play and it, it, the game wasn't fluid at all. I mean, the first half flew by, but that's because it was entertaining because of the tackle. Remember him going forward, you see this late run, going backwards, he was always applying pressure. He was, it was a game for him, it was scrappy, he enjoyed tackling, he was getting the challenges. So I looked into his stats last year for West Brom. I was intrigued. I was like, "Oh, does he always do this?" Or maybe Vieira, you know, Vieira, old school centre mid. <laughs> he he loves it. He wants to. He clatters three people. But yeah, he's tidy. He's nice with the ball. He, he he can compose himself. You know what I mean? So like, it was kind of like maybe this is what Vieira has told him to doing how to play. But at West Brom, he was doing this. Nevertheless, so he won the most tackles out of the whole West Brom squad throughout the whole season with fifty three. The next was Ajay on forty two. Tackles in the midfield, fir- in the midfield, he was first. Tackles in the attacking third, he was first. Number of times applying pressure onto opposition players, he was first. So the amount of times, what that means, the amount of times there was an opposition player and they had the ball and he applied the pressure, he, it was the most times he did the most. So he was first with 709 times. But then what is really impressive with that, he was also first of gaining possession after five seconds of applying said pressure. So he would apply this pressure, and he would get the ball back the most out of the whole West Brom. So it shows that he isn't like rash, and he isn't just applying pressure. Then someone can just like you know, quickly twinkle toes away from him, half turn, step over. He's on the floor, pass it away. that pressure was pointless. He's applying pressure, but he's winning the ball back as well, which is great because he gets the ball back. And then he only made one mistake that led to a goal last season, which is impressive for someone who's disinvolved in a team. If he's making these tackles, if he's in the midfield third and attacking third, um, if he's applying these pressures, if he's getting the ball back, when he does get the ball back, he doesn't he doesn't um he doesn't commit any mistakes, he doesn't let the other team get the ball back. He's not out for nothing. He will get the ball, and he'll and it will be an outlet. He'll be the outlet, he'll either play the ball or he will continue with it. And then to even like like really to bring this point home with Conor Gallagher and how good he was, um, the most impressive thing about him last season that he was second for overall distance run with the ball. So he ran just over four thousand yards with the ball um last year for, for oh, West wow. Brom. So yeah, no, that's that's a really good stat. That's 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 really good for him. So it shows that when again he, he applies the pressure in the midfield third or attacking third, he gets it back within five seconds of applying said pressure. He doesn't really give the ball away when he's got the ball, he always doesn't make a mistake. When he and then when he does have the ball, and he's dribbling with it, it's he's not very he's not very easy to get the ball off him. So um, it's kind of just like you know what. I'm Conor Gallagher. I'm excited to watch you, and I'm not going to watch Palace day in and day out because I feel so for Vieira. I feel like they've really stitched him up here. They've really like, I can't see him doing Palace doing well. Kind of thing. They've made really good signings to be fair to them, but I just can't see him. So, oh, I really want him to do well. I really want him to do well, but it's it's a shame that it's this Palace team, ain't it?
1: Yeah, I'm I'm of the same. I don't. I think this Palace team's favourite for me to go down. I know they got Wilfred Zaha. That's probably nine, ten goals. I mean, they've got Christian Benteke, but you never know which one's going to turn up within the season. They not really got that much out wide threat as they did last season obviously they've lost a few players because they didn't renew their contract and they've gone on a free it's just um it's almost like when Roy left they just went ah it doesn't matter anymore someone else pick it up (laughs) but yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be tough tough for them and and with Brentford as well I hope that they might try a few different things going forward. I mean they've got Josh De Silva to come back, I know that was someone that was quite pivotal to them last season and I'm sure once Ivan gets one he'll be able to get them quite a few goals this season. I reckon he might be able to get them maybe seven or eight and I reckon it'll be be against those types of teams who you find it quite difficult to deal with two strikers. So yeah there's lots, lots to be positive about if you're a Brentford fan Palace fan not not so much to be to be frank I mean look I look at this game and I think the overall xg must have been like 1.5 just checking the notes it was 1.5 so yeah not not a great one didn't miss anything and yeah glad I didn't cover that
0: (laughs) yeah nah yeah like I said yeah terrible game um sorry I'm just like getting flashbacks but yeah no it was, it was a really bad game um, yeah what's once once the banks open for Tony once he bangs in one um, it's gonna be really good I think once he finds his feet but then oh, we see that do you, maybe there was a bit too much hype around him it's a different ball game because of the hype that's come with him the, the defenders go he's a threat make sure we don't lose out on Tony so maybe we'll, maybe that's why he hasn't stopped but, oh, two games in who are we to judge who are we to judge Moving forward, um, you watched a game and the game was Wolverhampton versus Spurs. The game at the highest stadium or the lowest stadium in the league, I can't remember which one it was, but whatever it was, you watched it. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, I did not watch this because I am not, I don't know why actually. I, I think I should have because I like Wolves and I don't like Spurs, so I thought they would lose. But talk to me about it. Um, talk to me about you know what before we go on to wolves because if you watched last um week we did we weren't really nice to wolves um i got a, i got a few people saying to me we weren't um we weren't the nicest to wolves we were quite mean to them but um so maybe keep that at the back of your mind before we we get into that um spurs <laughs> um the old tottenham free cdms <laughs> um
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what I have put down in my notes. Um, I'm. Nuno <laughs> is a very special manager. I do like some of the stuff that he's done, but yeah, this um, this free in midfield is is going to be something that's going to be a mainstay for them. So. They land up with a 4 3 today. They had Ali in there, Skip and Hoiberg, right? Skip and Hoiberg straight away are quite defensively-minded players. And they had Deli Ali almost sort of drifting, sort of giving a free roll when they're going forward, but defensively also having to do that job. Yeah, interesting, really interesting. The way that Nuno's set up, It's everything set up for a counter-attack so that they can spring and really hit teams on the counter because they're really protecting Eric Dyer and Sanchez. And when the ball does go out wide, they're really aggressive. So, for example, last week, Tanganga had a great game because he just smothered Jack Grealish on the ball and really just made sure he didn't have any time. And if he did need to double up, Lucas was doing that role in terms of tracking back. And then on the left-hand side, Regulon and Bergwijn were sort of trying to do the same thing but just because of the stature of those players they can't do it as effectively but yeah it's it's almost like Nuna wants you to come through the middle of the team they're quite happy for you to try and get through the middle because that's their strongest positions I mean they've got three CDMs clearly and then when you are out wide they just want to make it as difficult as possible um, it's a type of team where if you're someone who's quite direct and you try to move the forwards move the ball forward quite progressively and quite quickly they definitely will have a benefit to you I wanted to note Bergwijn for example who I thought had a really good game even though it didn't involve too much because Tottenham didn't really have that much of the ball I'd say in my opinion Um, I know stats will cover me too um I think Wolves had around 60% of the ball but Spurs really just didn't didn't have that much of the ball and we're just trying to operate on the counter and Bergwijn anytime he did get the ball out on that left hand side or right hand side he was effective and I think that's what Nuno's been trying to teach his front three is to be effective when they do get the ball and it does come out to them for them to understand that they're going to be in one-on-one situations or 2v2 or 3v2 it's going to be beneficial to them so Right, I, it's nice to see as a Tottenham fan, um, but if you're not a Tottenham fan and you're watching Tottenham, you're kind of thinking, well, all it is is you guys soaking up pressure and and sort of fingers crossed, hoping for the best. Hell Mary to Son, let's <laughs> let's do this, fam. There's literally what's going on. Yeah, it's 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 a weird way to play. Like they didn't have a single shot in the first half because Wolves just smothered the hell out of them. But then they won one nil because they got the penalty. So there's a lot, there's a lot I can go into on, on, on Spurs. There's def- definitely a lot, but yeah, I'm impressed with Nuno. I'm impressed.
0: Yes, Nuno, Nuno, Nuno. I have got two things to say. Um, Jose Mourinho, is that you? Because it seems like they're just playing that Mourinho, <laughs> like just soaking up the pressure to get in the counter attack. And they remind me of a um Venus flytrap. They kind of they're like they like suck you in with like oh come down the middle. This is well well just 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 come and then once you're there bam they get you counter and they get a goal. Did it against City. One in the game. Getting against Wolves, one in the game. If it ain't broken, don't fix it. But something that is broken is Wolves and it's Wolves' win back. Um, I said we were a bit too mean to them but when you're playing like this, how can we be nice about you? So, um, Alex, Wolves' just win backs. <laughs> Sorry. I just kind of like went completely red with anger over Wolves. I was kind of just like, Ugh. Um, Wolves' just win back. Marcel, oh, Samada, are they good enough? Day. Are they good enough?
1: So, let's talk about, let's talk about how to deliver a ball into the box, right? Because clearly, these guys (laughs) don't know what they're doing. So maybe they're not so much. David
0: Bentley's free. David Bentley's free. Give him a ring. (laughs)
1: ring. (laughs) Honestly, just, oh, so bad. So, so bad. I mean, I know it sounds like I'm picking on them because last week it, it was bad too. But now that I've watched them two weeks in a row, I can just, they're just slinging it in. It's almost like a hit and hope. Whether they're doing a cross from deep or across from the byline, they're really not making the right decisions on where these passes need to be going. And it really hindered Wolves. I mean, thirty-five crosses is is a lot of crosses to put in to the box in the game and no end products. I think it was a really, really poor p- performance. And for me, I think they've got to change it somehow. I know they've got um Nury, who they had on loan last year and they've signed him permanently. I think they've got to bring him into the side. I know Johnny's injured and that would massively help them, but it's something they need to work on and they're not going to win games if they can't put balls in the box and for other reasons, that I can definitely give you on a postcard today.
0: <laughs> uh, God, they're really bad. No, it's, honestly, no, no, sorry, sorry. No. Wolves aren't bad, they just can't score. And this was one of the things we, we pointed out in week one, like that, that front three, okay, yeah, Jimenez again, he's just back from an injury, so it's understandable. But um, you've you've said here, Domini, to go um, find get some new shooting boots, and I agree. He he's he's just not a finisher. Trinkaus, it's gonna take time to get used to the prem. So <clears throat> I don't know what's gonna happen. Someone the goals gonna come somewhere. I think at times it used to be never and Multinio used to like do like that one to thirty yard strike, and that would go in kind of thing but that's clearly not the chart happening for them right now so um something needs to be happened maybe they need to work on crossing maybe they need to get new wing backs maybe they just should stop crossing altogether and work the ball into the box i don't know but um wolves, yeah uh this could be it you know this could be the season especially when they haven't replaced that back three since they've come up and they've been here for a while like a while Cody Kilman size they've they they've they've been there like since they've come out Cody was a center mid and they moved them center back so like the improvement has all been like up front but it just hasn't worked because they're just not scoring
1: I think the problem well it's not really a problem so just to be clear to your Wolves fans from my perspective don't panic you'll be fine little changes here and there and a few players turn on the style You'll be okay. Um, In my personal opinion, defensively, it wasn't a problem, right? They swallowed up possession. Tottenham weren't really a threat apart from in a few phases. But at the end of the day, Tottenham didn't fit from those few phases anyway. But I think the manager needs to look at this team and see where his value is. I mean, Adama for me, as much as I say, literally my notes probably make him sound like he didn't have that much of a great game. Absolutely was the best player on the pitch for me. Just outstanding. Tanganga was thinking, oh, okay, who's in my pocket next? I put Jack in there. I can put someone else in there. Lucas was thinking, oh, I can help you as well if you have got some spare change for me. And there were some phases of play where Adama was just absolutely dominating in the first half. I don't think he lost the ball. And I said to Golody at halftime, I was, at all. I don't think he lost the ball at all. Um, he either got fouled or he put in the day during just spot for someone else to cross the ball in. Like he didn't lose the ball at all. He was just bad boy. It was almost like NBA. It was almost like NBA style. Get the ball to MJ or get the ball to Steph. Let him shoot. That's what it was. <laughs> just like, just give the ball to him because he's going to do everything. And he was, he was genuinely doing everything. Um, Which did give me actually a thought. And I always say, I hate, as a centre-half, I hate strikers where you know you're going to have a long day, where they're just like, they're a madness in the physical physical side, and you know they could strike a ball. And I might have to put, I don't know, you guys let me know, I might have to put a team together, which is just set up of players that are going to give you a long day. At the moment, Adama's going to be in there on the wing. I've got Lukaku, I've got Antonio. Like I just want to build a team of just absolute beasts. But yeah, Adama was really, was really good, so... Don't panic, you guys will be fine. If Jimenez can recover from his injury from a mental side, he'll be okay. Trincao, sort of the same thing in terms of he'll be okay. It's going to be quite tough for him. He's quite young. He's come to the Premier League from the Spanish League. Yes, okay, it's the second best league in the world, but he wasn't really starting for Barcelona. So, yeah, be chill, be cool. You guys will be fine. You'll still pump Norwich like 2-3-0 just from the sole reason that I do think you'll be able to operate in the half spaces a little bit better against teams that are of a lower standard.
0: Transition period. You've got to remember, this is a transition period for them. They're, they're new manager, new style, not new players, but new way of playing in Cow's new. So, yeah, it'll be all right, Wolves. Um, Spurs, just be happy with top six, maybe even seventh. I don't know about you guys. Long day, and long day it was for Pablo Mari. Because it was Chelsea 2, Arsenal 0. And um, Pablo Mari, Rob Holding, they must have been praying, praying to see um Werner starting. They must have been like, oh, it's fine. It's going to be Werner. But then you saw the number nine and you went, surely not. Surely not. He's been there for three days. Is he ready? And he, and he was um, too big, too strong. Lukaku. Rolling people, it was it was a scary sight. And um, as a United fan that Lukaku obviously used to play for, I am worried about this Chelsea team. We'll get to that in a sec. Let's talk about the game. I watched the first half, Alex, and switched to half because at two 0 I thought they'll just manage it and that will be the end of the match. And I know that's poor from me, but I had to get my notes written up for this. Um, so I just kind of had it in the background. Tell me more. Tell me. Tell me. Tell me about the whole game. What did I not pay attention to? because I didn't write anything about this game. I was just, I was a spectator. I just wanted to enjoy the game.
1: Yeah, so first and foremost, I don't think Arsenal wanted to play with 4-2-3-1. Ben White was out with COVID um, and my expectation would have been that they would have matched Chelsea with a 3-4-3. But unfortunately, they had to change that. Cedric had to come in. And I think when you've got to make changes like that and change the whole strategy that you've got set up for the game you're already set up to fail. So, yeah, 2-0. And really, if I'm thinking about how this game went, Chelsea deserved to win by three. Leonard, Leonard made a great save on the header from Lukaku and some of the some of the images that we got shown on TV of Lukaku being confused, like, did he save it or did the like, point of target... Was was just was just amazing. Let's do Arsenal first of all. You mentioned Pablo Mari there, and wow, has has someone showing you how to not defend against someone who's stronger than you? Clearly stronger than (laughs) you, because Lukaku was outstanding in the first half. I just loved the way that he was receiving the ball side on. He was able to hold off Mari. He was laying it off. He knew the right time when his first touch had to go back towards his own goal. Everything that he was doing was nice. But Mari was just always chasing the shadow. I think in a situation like that, he sort of needs to look at himself and realise, hey, look, I'm not going to win the physical battle. Let's... Give him five yards let's make him turn because at the end of the day the physicality is one of the stronger parts of his games let's let's make lukaku turn yes he's got good feet as a striker but at the end of the day he hasn't got the lower center of gravity it's not eden hazard running at you who can probably put you in a blender you've got a you, you've got to be a little bit smart, and i just don't feel like he was very smart in that first half and i mean the first goal sort of shows you that as well the way it just comes into lukaku's feet and He's pinned. Lukaku bounces it off and somehow turns and goes. It reminded me of prime Grant Holt at Norwich, where my man used to just lay it off like from his own half, head down, run into the box, and then these man would just put whippers in, and I just see my man score anything off his fifty pence head. It's basically what it was, but a simpler version, where Lukaku just just scored from two yards, um, and Murray Mari tripped up, just just trying to slow him down, so. I don't know. I think Mari's a player. He played it for Flamenco in, I'm going to say Brazil. I'm not too sure what league that is. I think it is Brazil. And they won like the South American version of the Champions League with him being a staple within that team. So he's got the experience. I mean, he was also at City as well beforehand. And he had some type of training with Arteta as well. So Arteta knows exactly who he is. But I think if he's looking at the game at the end of today, He's sort of looking at that first half and thinking, yeah, that's a that's a 4 out of 10. So, yeah, just not just not good from him and really made Lukaku enjoy his debut.
0: Yeah, great debut for Lukaku. Extremely good debut. Um, good day all around for Chelsea, 2-0. Arsenal didn't really do put that much threat. it. Um, the Saka penalty shout wasn't a pen. Um, actually, no, was a pen, wasn't ever going to get overturned. So, makes sense. Like, I thought it was a pen. I think you agree. It was a pen. And you also think it was a clear and obvious mistake. So you thought they should have given him the pen. But maybe you had your Arsenal hat on. So, so maybe that's... <laughs> it, was a, it was a bit... It was a bit skewed. Yeah, there's a lot to be good about Chelsea. There's actually a real lot to be fair. We could talk about Chelsea all day. And... What's um, No Kante? Which I've just noticed. Wow. Um, so that... that, that yeah, No Kante. He, was he injured?
1: That was... It was... um No, came on. He came on in the second half. I think Kante... It was a luxury in that game. They didn't really need him. They just brought him on as part of game management.
0: He doesn't respect you as a football team. He goes, "It's fine. We don't need him. We don't need the best. It's fine. Just play Kovačić. He'll, he'll he'll be he'll do it. He'll get the job done." Wow, that's um that's quite rude. But Arsenal, what, are you bottom of the league? Like, mate to mate, are you bottom of the league?
1: No, we're second. We're second. We're second from bottom, minus three. Norwich. Remember, Norwich got. Packed, so oh,
0: yeah. Norwich got pretty, we're good. Yeah. Oh yeah, five. Um, City next. Am I not wrong? I think City next, right? I think that's the next.
1: Yeah, City next. I think it's
0: City, City next. What now? Have you just got to admit this is it? This is Arsenal now. We are just, we just, we have just got to try and somehow win an English trophy and somehow get Europe. Is it just? Is it time to be like, yeah, this is it. This is us. Whatever.
1: Arsenal Arsenal spent £139 million to help them not be in a relegation or bottom half of the table position, which I don't think a lot of Arsenal fans realised at the time. Because when I see all of this, oh, Arsenal spent the most in the window, X, Y and Z, I'm like, yeah, because they're, they're sinking. They're sinking faster than any other club in the Prem. I don't expect them to get anything from the City game. I presume KDB will be back and will dominate the midfield. But this is the worst Arsenal team I've seen for a while. The worst Arsenal team I've seen for a while. And how I compare them to other teams in the league, like an Everton, for example. I look at that starting eleven for Arsenal today and go, which one of those players is outstanding and by outstanding i mean probably can play for any of the top four sides i can't i can't really what tne maybe tne had a bad game today i think he was trying to cover mari too much in case he was going to get rolled from lukaku because he was marking him too tightly and i think that's how the the goal through um dan james happened dan, dan james reese james it's a worrying time because I can put Dominic Calvert-Lewin in probably a team in the top four. I can put Richarlison in the team in the top four. I can probably put Ben Rama in the team in the top four. Maybe put Ollie Watkins. Obviously, Jack has left. But there's a lot of teams where I look at and go, you've got an outstanding player that I think can play at that top four level. But right now, us, it's, it's difficult for Arsenal. I even think when they're full strength, only really 7th or 8th, I'm going to be all about vibes.
0: I'm gonna buy the kit.
1: I'm gonna buy the kit. The third kit looks wavy. That's 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 what I'm about.
0: It does. It does look nice. That third kit is a nice kit. I love the retro kits that are coming out recently. Yeah, no, Arsenal mid-table team. It's. I'm not sad to see. It. It would be sad because I've seen the fall of. Um. In my old age of watching football, I've seen like you, you see the trend of fall of like big clubs who like slowly fall and fall and fall. And like just get worse and worse and worse and it gets worse and then next thing you know they're like you don't know how it's, they've got this bad and arsenal are just in decline and something's got to change i don't know what it is it's it's maybe a bigger conversation players aren't good enough team isn't good enough I feel sorry for the fans but i kind of don't because also fans give it the biggest. During the time of me growing up, because obviously they had the best (laughs) team, so it's nice to see. But yeah, Chelsea looked good. Lukaku looked great. Mount, um, you said he's replaceable. I think that's another topic for another um, episode because I think he's not. I think he's actually really good, and I like the way he plays and the way he plays for England. You disagree? You said he might. You see him struggle to see how he starts in the full Chelsea team, but that's another conversation. But um, we are slightly running over a bit. Is there anything you want to talk about or you want to mention or people should like listen out for or watch out for or something that might pique your interest next week? It's
1: quite, it's quite tough because having to talk about that Arsenal game, frustrating, hugely, 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 hugely frustrating. I mean, first and foremost, there's a game on Monday. Definitely watch that. That's going to be an absolute cracker. West Ham versus Leicester. Arsenal City, obviously, if you want to see a spanking, there you go. Liverpool-Chelsea, I think, is probably first versus third in terms of the league. Oh, my Lord, Van Dijk versus Lukaku is going to be beautiful salt-based style like oh <laughs> watch that that's gonna be an absolute cracker i'm not gonna lie next week the games are stacked brighton's got everton that's amazing that's that's gonna be popping who's on sunday i'm trying to remember who's on sunday off, to, off the top of my head
0: so on sunday you've got Burnley, leeds spurs watford and wolves versus man united
1: wolves man united most definitely that'll be worth watching And then who's, it must not be a Monday game because it must
0: be international break. Yes, no Monday games.
1: Player to watch next week will probably be, why not? Let's say Basuma. Basuma's amazing. I like him. Pretty cool. Think he he can do the business. Also, I'm not quite convinced yet on Oliver Skip. He was quite pants (laughs) for Spurs recently, but then he was good in the first game. So, We'll see if he's of of this standard. Because right now, I just see him as a Prem player. But I don't know whether he can be part of that top six or he should be playing alongside Gallagher at Palace. That would be a good midfield.
0: That would be a really good midfield. Gallagher and and Oli Skip. That'd be great. Um, From me, watch Wolves United if you want. Um, It's, it's going to be boring. But um, I'll watch it. Yeah, no, it's a really good game. You've got City, Arsenal, like you said, Liverpool, Chelsea. Norwich versus Leicester, Leicester are gonna win that. Things you should watch out for. Let's see if Wolves can score from across or score at all. Cause that'd be interesting. Newcastle versus Southampton, actually, that actually might be a game on the basis of Newcastle are so poor and they have one of the worst pressing stats in the Prem that I think Southampton are just gonna enjoy their lives with um with how they played against United. So honestly, watch that that's all from me actually i can't i can't think of anything else to say i think i've said all my piece we missed out a few games because we don't want to talk about the same team like three times in a row so next week I'll, next week we'll see who we watch is there anything else from you alex
1: thank you for listening like and subscribe help us because we want to get to the top of the algorithm we promise we'll get a logo soon and thank you for spending an hour of your time with us i hope that we provide this some type of value and Arsenal fans don't worry we'll be fine we'll get through it our kits are wavy just be vibes for the next couple of years and we're good
0: um, yes please like share subscribe follow all that jazz listen message us personally or message us somehow get in contact with us. I don't know I don't know how you're going to find us but um, do all those things um, thank you for listening this hour's flew by actually it's been great I would like to disagree with Alex Arsenal you're in trouble seriously if you don't beat norwich honestly start scouting the championship because you're gonna be down there <laughs> and, um, uh, that's all from me um this has been a really good episode it's just been it's been fun it's been we watched really good football um some matches better than the others but we move and thank you very much for listening and that's a goodbye from me
1: yeah cheers guys
0: cheers thank you see you next week see you next week